Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Una Chaplin, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Hollywood Exiles. It tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Balls and cans, just clap your hands, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble. England underwhelmed, Wales disappointed, and Everton have been punished. It's Monday, 20th of November. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Vidushan Hattaraja. Welcome, one and all, to another Football Ramble on a magnificent Monday. It's good to be with you. It's bloody good to be with you. And it's good to be with you, Jim, and you, Vish. Thank Thanks, you. Mate. Vish, you're extra focused now. The Cricket World Cup is over. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit like Alien versus Predator. Like, whoever wins out of Australia versus India will lose. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you, congratulations to Australia. Little dig there. Hope it makes you happy. <laughs> and Lord. I'm, and Ridiculous. I'm, and I'm sure it did make them happy. Yeah. But that wasn't your highlight of the weekend. No, no. I want to know what was your highlight. My of highlight the of the weekend was actually pettier than what I've just said. <laughs> Go on, then. My highlight of the weekend, which was also emailed in by listener Utsav, um, it was Shakira winning Song of the Year at the Latin Grammys. Great. Well, that's a, that's a highlight for, for, yeah, and, for and, us all, really. Yeah, yeah. and you know, she, she wins awards. That's what she does. It's for the song where she disses Gerard Piquet. Oh, brilliant. Okay. That brings us into focus. Yeah, yeah okay. We're involved yeah. now. We're listening. It was presented to her by Sergio Ramos. <laughs> it is absolutely masterful, this, isn't it? Uh, to me, I know there's a lot, of, a lot of stuff has happened this weekend. This is the story. This is the one that we will look back on. Forget Everton getting deducted points. Yeah. 20 years from now, we were like, do you remember? When yeah. Sergio Ramos That's how Everton, presented the award to Shakira. That's how Everton fans will remember it. Which weekend it was? When? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, I mean, what, what's Ramos doing there? I know, well, we know what he's doing. He's doing but... exactly what you think he's doing. He's being a shit. Yeah. He, is, he is staking his claim as the greatest shithouse of all time. Now, oh. I, I imagine most people know the context of this, but obviously Gerard Pique and Shakira have broken up because she discovered some of her jam was missing. This is in in incredible flat. how she felt. Um, um, he know, she knows that Gerard Pique doesn't like jam. She's like, he's been eating the jam. 
Gerard, and then it all unraveled from there. And he went she's, the... she's created this 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 song about him that's very very like directly calls him out. Um, and it's been this absolutely huge global hit, which is not ideal for Gerard, I'd imagine. <laughs> and then, then his old international teammate, who's won so much alongside him in that team, in that right defense, alongside him, is the guy who goes, "Here you go. Here's an award for that. Let's crystallise the success of this brilliant song." I wanted to read a little bit more into it just to find out, for example, if he, if Ramos was always going to present this award. Yeah. And then I realised the idea in my head was better, which was it was basically. Kanye and Taylor Swift all over again, only the other way around. Right, he insisted on it. Where he comes on, so just by by the way, you did you really deserve this? Yeah, <laughs> hands it over. But it was it, this was always a possibility, wasn't it? Surely, if he was so, was he always booked? To no, well, it? I mean, it, well, yes, yeah, like it, it was set in stone, yeah. Mm, but it was knew. unbelievable. And they he ma- knew he managed to Ramos managed to leave the um, ceremony with an award of his own, score a goal, and get a red card. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quite incredibly. So yeah, but you're right. They play for they play for their rivals, each of the rivals, of course, and then they were great international teammates. Do we see in 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 years to come? Do we see a Similar situation with Stones and Maguire. <laughs> or does it not quite? Who knows? I think I think see that. I think there's We'd too much to harmony. I think there's too much harmony and honour, quite frankly. Mm. Um, but uh, but there we are. What a highlight of of everybody's weekend that was. Uh, Jim Campbell, what about yours? Mine was the reinvention of Kai Havertz as a free-scoring left back. Right. Uh, as he started for for Germany at left back, um, and he scored within five minutes. He also gave away a penalty and shepherded out one of his own touches mm. uh, for a throw-in. <laughs> Strangely, so actually, I mean, he's he's our very own Captain Chaos. People were thinking, <laughs> can he replace Granite Xhaka? The answer is definitively yes, just not in the way we meant. That's like the, right. old, the old one, the old Xhaka. <laughs> yeah. He's a bit Eeyore, isn't he? Oh, it's I quite mean, sad. he actually owns a donkey sanctuary. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've been so through this, yeah, there is, yeah. There is, yes, very much so. Maybe he's spending too much time with them. Maybe that's why he looks so sad. For a man who scored the only goal. Very well in a Champions League final. And the Club a... World Cup final as well. Yeah, has there been such a fall from grace? Or such an odd fall, a stumble from grace? Perhaps? It's a strange one, isn't it? I mean, the, the, has the grace ever been there? I think he's always been a bit of a sort of... Since he's come to England, he's been a bit of a mysterious character, isn't he? Oh, sense people are trying to unlock the player that was there at Leverkusen. Yeah. Perhaps he's a different player from what we thought, etc., etc., etc. But him um, proving everyone wrong as a left-back is certainly my highlight. My highlight of the weekend. It's got to be from the England game. Um, it was Declan Rice's goal, even though it didn't stand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll come on to that, presumably. Um, Imagine was, that happened in a World Cup. I know, it was a lovely strike. He looked so pleased. And then I fell asleep. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, look, go on then, let's go to it. England 2, Malta nil. let's get it out of the way. Harry Kane, <laughs> it was not our finest performance. That was an understatement, that's of course. Fair enough, Harry. England's first shot didn't come until the 39th minute. And their first shot on target wasn't until the 64th minute. Now, I don't want to be nasty to Malta because it's a fine country, um, but that is piss poor from England. It is, isn't it? I'm actually quite pleased that Southgate seemed um, quite annoyed about it in, in as far as Southgate ever gets annoyed about anything by saying we do need to raise the level. We need to be targeting being the number one ranked team in the world and we've got to be essentially got to be better than this. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, England still have this in them, don't they? And that's... Uh, possibly it's just the realities of a qualifying campaign. Oh, it you've, is. You've already won the group. There's mm. nothing to, yeah. nothing really to play for. But you, you know, you want to entertain the fans and and keep that feel good factor going. And it's hard to understand really where this performance came from. Well, yeah. I mean, look, I'm not going to read too much into it. I think the point is mm, that absolutely a lot of people 
travel quite far to watch England, you know. Yeah. So I just thought you do owe them a little bit of a Friday well, night. Well, I, kind I of think feast. if that third goal stands, and it, of course it should stand, that's absolutely nuts for me. That Kane's in an offside position that's what's interfering, with, interfering play. with play. Really, is that fair? Well, he jumps out the way of the ball. Look, I, I can see how it's been given, so it's, I'm not going to argue about that. But the the point is the performance was so lacklustre, you know. But I kind of understand, you know, Joe Cole said it as well. You know, they go 1-0 up fairly early on. They've got big games for their club coming. They've got a bigger game against a better opponent in qualifying. They have already qualified. And it is a bit like, do we really have to? But there was a couple of occasions where I thought, Malta fancy this. Yeah, 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 definitely. You know, imagine if Malta had nicked a point at Wembley, you know. Well, that would have been, yeah, we we would have thrown ourselves into chaos, like voluntarily thrown ourselves into chaos. Yeah, but. I do think that's one of the better things about this England team and, and, and perhaps nowadays, or, or maybe it is just this, is that even if England had qualified, say, this eight, ten years ago and that performance would have happened, oh my goodness, yeah. it would have been absolutely... Whereas I think most people are kind of going, that was a bit crap, wasn't well, it? There was oh, a, well, it's interesting how the, the priorities have changed, right? Because let's say that had happened 10 years ago, this sort of performance, and there were many performances that would have been sort of an equivalent of this. What we would be talking about in this studio mm-hmm. was how England are so dull to watch now that yeah. even when they get to a tournament, they don't give you any memories to take away. There yeah. are no great moments. There's essentially no hope of mm-hmm. them doing anything mm-hmm. exciting at the tournament. We're so far past that now mm-hmm. that we are talking about England as genuine contenders. And we used to mock the tabloids for that yep. in those areas when they, you know, the, I know we're going back a bit further now, but the 2006 World up, everyone was talking about winning it, yeah. and I think um, even um, in 2010, that was yeah, still, yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of go, oh, I mean, you never know, no, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But yeah. we'd be like, no, no, the, you know, the, the other countries just are at a far better technical level, etc., etc. And that's not the case anymore. And I suppose that's something to be thankful for, and mm. a reminder that these performances can always be there in circumstances where it's just hard to, I suppose, be that motivated. Yeah, some things Although are. Look at France. True. Um, some th- France aren't going to play ten man Gibraltar every game though, like mm. that. But Thank- I take, thankfully, I, I do take your point. Um, some things are consistent, and I'm glad to say that at Wembley, the paper aeroplanes were out in force fish. Good, good. Yeah, you know, Mexican wave as well. Yeah, really? I'd... Well, that's very that's very Wembley areas. Yeah, I mean, d- did we not see this kind of stagnant performance coming, given the nature of the build-up with Maybe. players pulling out squads mm-hmm. and calling up children for no reason? Um, <laughs> there, were, I, I think it was it was um, it was a very old guard friendly yeah. feel to that game, yeah. and I think. I mean, you know, Jim, you mentioned the goal there that suddenly adds a bit, bit more gloss on it. But like, I mean, that was—I thought that was a penalty that Harry Kane should have got given when the keeper took him out. Um, obviously, we've seen Kane. <laughs> what, what Southgate should have done was he should have been fuming about that. Yeah, exactly. He smashed his hand on the. On I the am table. embarrassed. <laughs> what? Yeah, where's international pug bowl? This is absolutely... Give me an apology. <laughs> I want an apology. Make it all about the decision. Yeah. yeah. We were robbed. How can we play? How are we meant to being inspired to play this beautiful game with that? Yeah. We always get a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> Harry had to score an open play. Yeah. Imagine if he, yeah, if he went, look, I know what it is because we're favourites for the Euros, you know, referees are against us. It's just like really Mourinho. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I've, I've noticed this a little bit actually. I've kept really quiet, but yeah. Yeah, I think this is, this is disgraceful. It's like a total change of tact and you think, He's, he's he's going for that. He's thinking this will get us over the yeah. line in Germany. You know, Cameron's come in now. We need to do something about this. Because <laughs> I'm glad he's on my side. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be. I, I mean, it was interesting that he went seemed to go for a three four three at the start of the but, game. But, but do you not think that tallied with what our you know our prediction on or the way we talked about it on Friday was about 
um, experimentation within the parameters, the yeah. pre-existing parameters. Yeah, but I was surprised that he went for that because I, I don't think they'll use that formation much, if at all, at the at the summer. I mean, I suppose he's maybe just keeping. But it depends who's in our group, doesn't it? Well, I suppose he's sort of keeping his eye in the in in the game with regards to that. And if he is going to do that, then he is going to start a number of the players that you would think would feature. He's also probably looking at change in shape within within the games, right? Yeah, like exactly. The, the, yeah, know, true. the top teams can do that at international yeah. level. Um, despite not having a lot of time together. So this, this, I guess this is how you get that ready, right? It's maybe a reminder for some of those players because they did that during the, the Euros, of course. In the World Cup, it tended to be, or I think always was, a, maybe apart from um, a few minutes here and there, of that, that sort of 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1 or whatever you want to call it. Either way, it wasn't too inspiring. But it was nice to see Cole Palmer make his England debut, Jim. It was, yeah. And uh, get mugged off by Jules as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jules, will, Jules will do that. You do get the impression with Cole Palmer. I know it's been said at club level for a while, but he doesn't seem to be phased by anything. No, he doesn't. And actually, I remember Gareth Southgate said a little while ago, he was a little bit concerned about um, the um, conveyor belt of talent mm-hmm. seeming to, to be lacking a little bit in terms of the next generation. And I think Cole Palmer sort of makes a mockery of that. He's a player who, I wonder if this Euros might come a little bit early for him. Possibly. Um, but he's clearly a player that's going to have a bright England future, you would think. And you're right, that he's really, I mean, we talk about players being refreshing so often that it's not actually refreshing, it's just consistently enjoyable. Uh, but he's he's not phased by anything, is he? He seems mm. really, really deadpan. Mm-hmm. Um just very, very confident and just not at all um, overawed by the situation he finds himself in, which is one of, of you know, pretty, a pretty quick rise to prominence at a club where he, you know, he's moved to a new city, doesn't really know anyone, been at, the, been at City since he was like a fetus, essentially. Um, <laughs> yeah. he, 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 he's got the attitude that is needed to succeed, clearly, and that is a, that is a wonderful thing for us. Yeah, I suppose it's credit to City as well that they can keep a kid in the cupboard for... I say as long like it's it's actually quite a normal stage of his development. You know, you've got to work up to yeah break into the first team, especially at a club with that many exceptional players. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he's able to go somewhere else and, as you say, like mm. not be overawed by anything that that's a that's obviously a lot of behind the scenes dealing with the personality and the person as much as the you know the the talent, I suppose. Yeah, and we didn't see too many others. I mean, we didn't see any minutes for Konzur or Lewis. I don't think we were particularly surprised about Lewis. Yeah. But again, he, you know, he brought on Bakar Saka. You know, he didn't yeah. He didn't bring on that. It, it was really Cole Palmer, I suppose, was the kind of the, the obvious sort of standout one. Maybe because it was flat. Maybe if there'd have been four or five, well, four or five, maybe a bit harsher on Malta, but maybe if it been three nil up at half time, he might have done something. But I think Southgate was a bit like, bloody hell, you know, this... You know, we don't want them to nick and equalise, and suddenly we're yeah. scrambling to sort of win or or, or something like that. Um, uh, but the next game, of course, is against North Macedonia. That's tonight. Uh, you and I will be doing a ramble reacts after that one. Yes, we will. Uh, which we look forward to, of course. So do subscribe now so you don't miss any of that or future episodes. Of course, everybody. Kieran Trippier won't travel to, uh, to North Macedonia, pulling out of the squad due to a personal matter. Gerard Bowen has also withdrawn through injury. So that means seven players in total have pulled out of the England squad. So um, you know, I mean, they're, they're still sort of. They're not light on the ground, shall we, Sam? But will he experiment a bit more or do you think it'll be more of the same? I think it will be more of the same based on this because, you know, the, the remit's essentially the same, isn't it? <clears throat> um, I'd, I would that like willing to mentality. See, yeah, I'd like to see, you know, players like Concer get a chance, but um, he often doesn't do that. I mean, even even in a meaningless qualifier, I'd, I'd, mm-hmm. I would be surprised. I'd be happy to see it. Yeah. But... Well, I suppose for, for Southgate's point of view, as he's thinking to himself, realistically all things being well will a player like Konza be called upon 
Mm. And if that the answer is no, you're just kind of bringing him into. So if England depends where Konza is in the pecking order, I assume he's a, a few players down. So you're thinking to yourself, the chances are he he won't play at all at the Euros. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not yeah. even get in the squad. But what would be good is to familiarise him to you know how, you know he, he, he's been up the driveway to St George's Park in near Burton. Do you know what I mean? He's been, he, you know he's he's worn the tracksuit. You know he's comfy in it. You know it's, it's, it's these sorts of things. He's been to Burton. <laughs> he knows the training yeah. ground. Yeah, no, but do you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, the, yeah. it's these yeah. little things that you can familiarise someone with. So it's yeah. not completely alien. It doesn't cost anything. It doesn't take <laughs> away from anyone. It doesn't detract from him that he's going in and not necessarily getting a start. Because I suppose, if anything, it's the his you're this close to it, but to yeah. be a bit closer, you need to step up. And yeah, like I think it's fine. I think he's he's quietly been good. Like Southgate has quietly been good at um, not just handing out caps. Yeah, for the sake of it. And mm-hmm. I think there is something to be said for that. I think there's some players we could argue that maybe he was a bit too tentative about. I'm thinking of Madison off the mm-hmm. top of my head and maybe Tamori a little bit. But I think by and large, he's if you've earned it, you've got it. Yep. Yeah. Well, the idea is that you go in and that you you might be a starter there one day, right? It's not. Yeah. yeah. Luke's made the point really well in the past that an England cap isn't a player of the month award. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And that that should be the case. And mm. to be fair to Southgate, <clears throat> he's pretty good at that. Yeah. They should do that though. Imagine how many people get offended. They are John McGinn, your Premier League player of the month. There's an England cap. <laughs> What's this? I want chaps. I want my chaps. Evan Ferguson, you've, you've been playing, you've been playing really well. So. I mean, you were going to want this anyway. Oh, oh, you've got one on now. You might as well, you might as well come and see yeah, the yeah. training ground. Don't worry about the rules and what you <laughs> actually want. Um, let, let's do it. Um, interesting, though, I'm pretty sure Konza was one of a few England players that didn't have a beverage on him when, when um, they were leaving St George's Park going onto the team bus. So you're worried about his hydration? I did, not, not necessarily. I'm Unprofessional just, levels of hydration. I just love the England socials. I see. Yeah, it's very good. Arriving at St George's Park, leaving St George's Park, it just it does it for me, Jim. It really does. What was interesting though is they're all coming out. What have you got? And you know they're all going a latte or a flat white or whatever. And I was like, uh, and Sam Johnson went um, Banoffee and vanilla milkshake, and I was like, my man. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good because he knows he's not going to play. Green, Give me the milkshake. <laughs> Grealish and Rico Lewis walked out as well. They were both having the Banoffee milkshake. Yeah, I was like, that's lovely. That. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Imagine if they went, Rico, Rico yeah, banana milkshake, uh, hundreds and thousands, yeah. some <laughs> space raiders. Yeah, I thought Southgate had taken away the syrup that they put in their coffees in, in St. George's Park. I'm sure Jack's got a connect. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, uh, who was it? Was it... Uh, uh, Papi Ciso? Bentley. David oh. Bentley. When Jimmy Bullard was on England duty with him and he was going, I'm starving. And he was he was really really hungry because he used to eat a bit more or whatever, and uh, and he phoned David Bentley who was in the camp. I don't think this was probably pre St George's days, I would imagine. And he said, "David, I'm a bit hungry because he knew him quite well." And Bentley was like, "Don't worry." And like one of David Bentley's mates in you know in clandestine operation style have visited the training ground, like poked him like in prison, poked a McDonald's through the bars <laughs> of the windows or something. So they had how far we've come. Yeah. <laughs> David exactly. Bentley and Jimmy Bullard <laughs> McDonald's on McDonald's <laughs> into the camp on England duty. Okay? So if any of you moan at Southgate, remember that. Okay? Remember when we had the Dapper Laughs Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, let's move on swiftly to Armenia 1, Wales 1. Wales' chances of qualifying for the Euros in Germany are no longer in their own hands. Yeah. Why, um, Armenia, brother, had a real chance to win this as well. Yeah. Really, it must be so frustrating. They just seem to have had Wales's number a little bit. They do. I mean, and they, scored, they scored a lovely goal. Did they just score good goals? It seems that way, Armenia. doesn't it? It's quite extraordinary. It's an absolute really. 
rifle shot. Yeah, I, I think, like, all things considered, you're right, Armenia had their tails up. I know Wales had a couple of moments. Ultimately, they, they wanted that victory. I know this sounds a bit silly because, you know, the Wales fans say, oh, come on. But to try and give them a little bit of something, at least they got a point. I know it yeah. won't feel like that at all, but they still can qualify. They basically, if they need to beat Turkey, mm-hmm. but which they always did need to do. So it's the same job for them. It's just with regards to Croatia and Armenia. They want their old friends Armenia to do them a favour. Because if Croatia don't win, then Wales would, a victory against Turkey would do it because they would beat Croatia on head to head. So that is not all lost when people say, oh, we did the hard work. That was pointless being Croatia. No, it's not, as it, no, as yeah, it stands. It's, yeah. it, that does make sure that um, Wales are still very much in play. Of course, Croatia will be favourites to beat Armenia. Mm. But Armenia, you never know. You know. They're the kingmakers at the moment, right? Potentially. Yes. Who knows? Um, so, yeah, it, it's unlikely. I mean, Wales could also still qualify as they're, they're likely to receive a playoff spot because of their results in the Nations League. So that's so the, that's good. So they're they're still alive. It was just a very disappointing game, like real like a real low quality fare. And mm. by the end of it, I think Wales got a bit too desperate and yeah. were making really stupid decisions. And it was it was actually quite sad seeing both teams because Armenia were an outside shot to qualify as well. Mm. And it was quite sad at the full time whistle, both sets of players falling to the floor. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, but Wales have got to play Turkey, and Turkey, of course, head into that game with a 3-2 victory in their back pocket against Germany. Julian Nagelsmann's journey, uh, Germany, sorry, his first game on, on home turf. And as you mentioned, Kai Havertz scored. But I would implore anybody to watch the highlights of that game because the second Turkish goal in that game is one of the most emphatic finishes you will see this season. Absolutely glorious strike, in, off, bar and post. And he just, he really meant it. Delish. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so... <sighs> wonder if that'll uh, give Andy uh, Brass a little bit of um, a bit of a shot in the arm with regards to Turkey. Mm. But anyway, um, Hungary qualified at the weekend with a win over Montenegro. Uh, Dominic Sabosilai put in a man of a ma- man of the match performance and then um, did some shots with the fans to celebrate. Which was quite <laughs> yeah. He didn't look like he really wanted to do it too much or that he enjoyed it once he had done it. But the key thing is that he did do it. Exactly. Uh, and also um, in uh, that group... Then uh, Serbia have qualified in Group G to the uh, to the European Championships for the first time in their very recent history under Serbia. Uh, we should state they've been to the World Cup a couple of times of late, but not been to the Euros. Fun enough, usually it'd be the other way around, of course. Um, but they're there, and we're going to see Alexander Mitrovic in Germany. Are you looking forward to seeing him again, aren't we all, Jim? <laughs> yeah. Would you? Would you? Um, if you saw him in Germany, would you embrace him? Would you go up to him and be like, "I think that's I'm- dangerous, isn't it?" Embracing him, no. to approach Mitrovic. No, no, no. no I think embrace him. Yeah, I think you just have to do it slowly, don't you? I think I, you do it too quickly, you get startled. I think run I up think, a tree. No, I think if if you had a Fulham um, something on your on your person to to suggest you're a Fulham fan, I'm sure he would be bloody loving it. Right, would he? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not, I'm not we should put try. this to the test. <laughs> Try and kidnap him and bring him back. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> if anything, I'll be like, oh no, I've woken up in Saudi Arabia. Um, no, I, I, I think um, he, he's got a lot. He would, he would bloody love to, to bump into some Fulham fans. <laughs> he was a wonderful player for Fulham. No, 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 I appreciate that. Yeah, he probably, you know, you never know what happens after the Euros. So you might fancy coming back. You, you never know. You never know. Would you embrace Carlos Tevez if you oddly saw him at the Euros? I would, but he kind of. I've, I always get the impression that he would like just do something to you. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, he, no, he'd, he'd run away and like get you arrested. I think and, like, he would moan about you, pat <laughs> you on the back, and you'd have a Man City sticker on your back. Yeah, or you like just like nibble at your neck or something. <laughs> Maybe. All right, everybody, let's have a quick break. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If I had an extra hour in the day, I might catch up on the latest football news, take a lovely walk with my dog Sammy, or maybe interview someone using an orange peel and a broken iPhone. You know, normal journalism stuff. But it's not always easy to prioritise our time, and that's where therapy can be an extra helping hand. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Untangle any unneeded worries and start to value your time for you. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ramble. And that's why Bayern Munich paid £100 million for him, even when he's 30 years of age. He's a special personal player. He's a world-class player. But I've just got to go for Thierry. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. Thanks to Friend of the Ramble Pace for choosing uh, that clip. Of course, you can become a Friend of the Ramble too by heading over to patreon.com forward slash football ramble. We want your friendship for crying out loud. Right. Gentlemen, let's depart the uh, international arena just for a moment because a huge story broke about half an hour after we finished recording Friday's show. Everton have been deducted 10 points, um, it was announced. This was after being found to have breached the Premier League's financial rules. Now, clubs are permitted to lose £105 over three years. Um, And an independent commission found that Everton had lost £124.5 in the last three years. So, Jim, they were slapped with a 10-point deduction. That is being considered by some as very harsh. Others say if you break your rule, the rules, that's the punishment. But this is quite unprecedented and it is the biggest points deduction we've seen in the Premier League. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important to make the distinction that um, essentially it's a result of a lot of mismanagement, isn't it? Rather mm. than any sort of dishonesty or any attempt to sort of disguise what they were spending. But that said, those rules are still there and mm. they have just unquestionably broken them. Now, I think... There are a lot of mitigating circumstances that the the, the independent um, investigators seem to have essentially just dismissed, mm. but but ten points still seems incredibly harsh, and it sets down a marker. And we'll come on to the ramifications of what it might mean for certain other clubs later. Yeah, I'm sure, but um, it's they seem shocked by it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the thing is though, it's that even if it is because of incompetence, they've gained an advantage by spending more money than their rivals, right? And that is that is part of what this is set out to to d- discourage and, and to stop. And also, because it, it's not FFP, is it? It's the Premier League's essentially sustainability rules, yeah, um, yeah. which is, just gets lumped in and, and described as, as FFP and a bit of a misnomer. Yeah. And I think part of it is is there as well to stop another lead happening. And yeah, it's protecting clubs from themselves in some essentially, ways. Yeah. yeah, and they've yeah. had so many different managers come in and... S- bought so many different types mm-hmm. of players that have then moved on and mm-hmm. there, there was a lot of kind of um, ho- almost hopeful accounting within this, the stories we saw about this about them yeah. expecting to get another 20 million for Richarlison that they couldn't but essentially your valuations of your own mm-hmm. players are they are just your own valuations right you can't yeah. be too yeah. 
um, you, you can't pin too much hope on that. They have been unlucky with with various different things happening, like player X, um, as, as we we have to call him, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the, the loss of potential revenue there. They were hit hard by COVID, but then everybody was hit hard by COVID. As mm-hmm. uh, the war in Ukraine was something that they've had to mm-hmm. deal with. That not many, look, to my knowledge, no other clubs have had to deal with. Obviously, apart from Chelsea, with um, with Usmanov being sanctioned, mm-hmm. and therefore that kind of revenue stream drying drying up, and potential sponsorship of of the stadium and Finch Farm drying up as well. But the commission found that essentially every club runs into unexpected circumstances mm-hmm. and that they're just going to have to suck it up. And like I say, I, that's what makes me think the, the points deduction or the certainly the, the number of points mm. is is harsh. Yeah. Because there are a lot of circumstances there. Yes, yeah. they've been mismanaged, yeah. but been incredibly unlucky with the timing of a lot of things as well. Well, they're due to appeal the decision and their statement uh, reads, the club does not recognise the finding that it failed to act with the utmost good faith. The harshness and severity of the sanction imposed by the Commission are neither a fair nor a reasonable reflection of the evidence submitted. And the Commission said the position that evidence finds itself in is, of course, its own making. The excess over the, the, the threshold is significant. The consequence is that Everton's culpability is great. Um, and that's what hopeful accounting, as you uh, sort of um, mm. mildly put it, Jim, I suppose, with that particular um, turn of phrase, is is what can get you into this mess. We know that Everton have been mismanaged. It's been fairly mm. obvious, you know, for, for, for a number of seasons. The fans have been, you know, just tearing their hair out and so on. But when you see this, you think... Oh, bloody hell, you thought, well, it's mismanaged, but within the parameters of the rules, which can happen. You know, we, we, we say that quite a lot, but this is mismanaged in a, in a, in a catastrophic I mean, kind of way. I mean, we, we say, you say it can happen, but it's, it's not happened before. No, when I say mismanaged, you mean you signed poorly, you, you, you know, you get relegated, you, it's been mismanaged. You could say Manchester United have been mismanaged at the moment, that kind of thing. But this is a mismanagement on a rule-breaking level, which is um, different to, you know, a, a, a number of um, other well, sides. But that's exactly what I mean. That yeah. we've, we've not seen the mismanagement at such a level that it essentially breaks the rules. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and and interesting. No, no side has ever avoided relegation after a points deduction. Um, that could change this season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think we've we've spoken about it. Um, I suppose we spoke about it before we went on the air. But it feels like if this particular Everton can wear this, mm-hmm. you know, points deduction better than Everton of the previous two seasons, yeah. especially. Given the, uh, I suppose the quality of clubs lower down, it mm. feels like you know the fact that they're not even bottom, no, and the often. amount of road left as well. Exactly, and, that, and that's important as well. They've had yeah. a ten-point deduction after twelve games. They're two points from safety. Yeah, exactly. There's I mean, a, that's, that's also so it shows you, you know, the, the teams that are down there really are down there. If you, I mean, look, it, it, the, the, the ramifications of this, you you would still fancy evidence to survive. I think Sean Dyche is is perhaps the perfect man for this because I, I actually don't think he'd be phased by it that much. I think if you had say. You know, it seems a while ago now, but say someone like Frank Lampard mm. still in charge. You know, I think he might be like, "Oh bloody hell, what are we going to do with this?" And try, you know, Dice likes that kind of like siege mentality. Come on, lads, up and at him. All that sort of, you know, sort of good old fashioned stuff. Um, but the ramifications are not just about this season. The ramifications could go further um, with regards to action taken potentially from other clubs because other clubs have been relegated. The aforementioned Leeds United uh, are one and. They could. There are suggestions that those clubs could start to think, hang on a minute here and take legal action of their own. Because if a club thinks, well, if it wasn't for that, is is perhaps a reason why we were relegated. Yeah. Now, you might people might think that's a bit fanciful, but on paper, there is um, a, a potential argument to, have, to be had there. Yeah, there's certainly cases to be had. I think in terms of the, you know, one of the things that came out from the statement um, about the point deduction was that 
those clubs who feel like they have a grievance have 28 days to mm-hmm. to put it forward. That doesn't necessarily discount the opportunity for a club to basically go to Everton and, and state their case and end up with some kind of compensation. We've seen it before with uh, Sheffield United and West Ham previously with the Carlos Tevez, Javier Mascherano affair. Um, seems a while ago now. Mm. Um, and, and throughout the league in, in terms of like teams that I feel that have missed out on promotion, I think Middlesbrough, there was a situation mm-hmm. last year with Derby County, wasn't there, um, a couple of seasons ago, um, with regards to like playoff places. So that in itself sorts itself is sorted out. But then that's just generally if there is something to, um, you know, if there is compensation to be paid there, it sounds like there are a few parties who are going to, you know, be having their hand out, which could mm. then, you know, increase the, the financial strain on Everton going forward as well. It's really interesting delving into this case and finding out just the, I suppose, the web and the 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 level of, I suppose, not sh- like the level of grey area around just finances. Full stop. Mm-hmm. Like the the borrowing, the lending, the set against you know future earnings, the situation with the stadium where Mashiri's basically paid for more than half of it which is why it's such an attractive thing for Everton to have mm-hmm. this in the works because other teams, sorry, other owners can buy the club and then benefit off the back of it yeah, because yeah. of the, the scale of, of this stadium. And just, yeah, like it, it, they're being, they're being rightly punished for something that Premier League clubs do, but they just haven't done it very well, yeah. if that makes sense. But I think that is important that the, the Premier League set that standard. Though. Yeah, hundred percent. Can't 100%. just be for teams that become successful. Yeah, yeah. Well, the rules have to be the rules. It, it is consistent. I, I would genuinely recommend because because I appreciate it can be quite hard to get through, but I, I would recommend like football fans generally just reading through it and seeing how ridiculous it is. Mm-hmm. But also, we should underline the fact that it, a lot of it is quite normal and it's worryingly normal, which yeah. is why this is why this has been brought in in the yeah. first place. Yeah. Well, the Everton statement finished with um, to kind of. You know, expand on perhaps a, a little point that was being made there that the club will also monitor with great interest the decisions made in any other cases concerning the Premier League's profit and sustainability rules. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> now, now we know that uh, we know oh, what they, they might liquidate Man United. <laughs> Come on, just what, what you wanted the other week. Yeah. Didn't you? Um, well, it, indeed, it does set a precedent with that 10-point deduction. Some people may say, well, it, Everton aren't an elite-level club, that's why they've done it. Or you could say, no, they've done this because they are setting down the marker. Yeah, also, I mean, Everton were one of the founders of the Football League itself. Yeah, so they're know? not they're, small. They're, they're not a small club at all. And mm. I've, I've seen but they're some. not elite-level, I no, think. No, they're not, but they, you know... That, they're that not doesn't... Manchester City or Chelsea, Jim. I, no, but they are a significant part of the fabric of English football. Of course. top-flight English football. So I think, you know, that's that has to be pointed out and stated but yeah obviously Everton have done a very interesting thing there in sort of pointing uh, mm-hmm. in the direction of other clubs who are uh, under investigation for this sort of thing And um, this, if this is one charge you, you have to wonder as everybody has been wondering what 115 charges <laughs> might bring now you would think I would be amazed if all of those charges eventually stick to City if anything does at all we, mm. we, we don't know um, and what, it's going to take gonna a while there. isn't it it's going to take I mean it's going to take a couple of years at least in, in sort of the best case scenario sort of predictions uh, or projections rather from, from what I've seen. And I mean, Khaldun al-Mubarak, the um, city chairman, reportedly told um, 
Gianni Infantino, who was UEFA General Secretary at the time, that he would rather spend thirty million on the fifty best lawyers in the world to sue UEFA for the next ten years than accept any sanctions. So, I mean, that's mm. an innocent man. <laughs> That's, the, that's what I do. Those, those, oh, no, for other questions. Those, those <laughs> quotes are certainly attributed to him, right? Like, widely. So mm. it's not. I don't think it's going to be as I'll, clear cut. I would as rather this go case. on the run than face the consequences of my actions. Yeah. Um, You'll have to catch me first. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost admirable, isn't it? If it if it were a movie, you'd be like, I like this. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, really, he's, yeah, he's more entertaining than the, than the protagonist. <laughs> Um, <laughs> watching Catch Me If You Can oh, being like why is he chasing Leo leave him alone yeah. let him fly a plane let him fly a plane <laughs> it, I mean it is just it is crazy isn't it Ch- Chelsea obviously the situation is quite different and I think all, all three of these situations are very very different yeah. yeah which is why you can't like as funny as it is to be like okay well it's 115 times 10 yeah. you know, oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. not going to work that way is yeah. it? and of course you know where are the fans in all this yeah. yeah, the fans just have to accept it. You know, the the, the fans have to accept um, people having a go at their club, and then you know, due to proxy, ah, well, you lot did, mm. and the fans have to um, to to watch a team now who have been deducted some, some points. You know, or, or, or fans of other clubs. You know, so if 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 indeed the club in question have benefited somewhat or greatly. Then fans of other clubs sort of go, well, well we've yeah. you know missed out. I mean, that was very yeah. much what you know Neil Warnock and Sheffield United were saying. You know, um, so it, yeah, the fans are, again just we all just want it to be clean, don't we? We want the sport to have integrity, and we we want it to and everything to be as well. yeah consistent and to be above board. Can you pick something else that's more achievable that you want? <laughs> <laughs> well, ever since staying up. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, just to bring it back to football, Jim made this point last week, I think. Um, that you posited the idea that Everton's upturn in form recently has been because this was looming. Yeah, they've been thinking about it, right? Yeah, and, and but also the point you made was uh, actually would be quite galvanising for the squad as well. And, and I suppose we're about to see how that plays out going yeah. forward. Now. Well, we should all get a point deduction then if we're struggling. I'd love one. I bloody bloody love a, <laughs> bloody love a points deduction. Sort the roof out. We're taking some points away from you. <laughs> oh dear. Shall we go back to international football, everybody? Yeah. Where perhaps it's a little cleaner. I don't know. Is it? Oh, maybe. Scotland 3, Norway 3. That's clean. Doesn't come much cleaner than that's that. clean. The 78 only... World Cup. Let's talk about the 78 World Cup. That's it. That's absolutely <laughs> it. The only dirty thing there were um, players' shorts, uh, of sure. course. Um, former Southampton man Mohamed Elianusi got a late equaliser to deny uh, the Bonnie Scots. Not that they'll be that um, bothered at all. A fairly entertaining game. And uh, Stuart Armstrong scored a nice goal. He battled his way from the corner flag to score Brilliant. the third. That goal, it was one of those ones where you only realised how good it was after a couple of replays. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Like the reverse pass from John McGinn as well. And the, the finish itself is really, really precise. Mm-hmm. Lovely, lovely bit of football. A very yeah. Armstrong area is that he was sat on his ass at the corner flag at the start of <laughs> yeah. this move and then just like chased it down. Yeah, a pre-match Scotland Tifo Red will be coming. It's both, um, it seems a bit underwhelming, doesn't it? Mm. It's like, just you know, happy to be there. It also seems a little bit terrifying. Bit, yeah. of, bit of the yeah. beg in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, despite qualifying for the Euro, Scotland have now failed to win in their last five games, including mm. friendlies against England and France, we should say. That's a worry for Steve Clark, isn't it? He's been talking about that. And they, mm. they will be frustrated to have not to have not won this game, especially because El Yanusi's goal was very avoidable. Yeah, yeah. Very free of the back post, wasn't he? I suppose the one thing that they've got out of their system from Euro 2020 was 
God, we're back. Yeah. yeah and yeah, the yeah. way they've gone through this campaign yeah. has been very much without that chip on their shoulder. They've absolutely deserved to be there. It would have been nice if they topped the group. It's not the end of the world. But the run of results is probably quite important because... Clark can turn around and be like, lads, come on, mm. you know, we've we've done this before. Let's yeah. not let's not show ourselves up next you know, next summer. Exactly, yeah. And you're right, I think you've you've summed it up well there that to get straight back in and go, right, no, we mean business. We're not just turning up to yeah. break up the numbers yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And again, you know, I know I know I've said this a number of times and it it's it's, it's not patronized all. They've never been past the first round of a major tournament. Mm. They're gonna look at this and go, right, lads. Come on, yeah. with a decent group, they'll have a good yeah, chance. Yeah, exactly, there. exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, and 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 the players are liking Steve Clark. I mean, Andy Robertson, who was in, in attendance, of course, he's injured. So Steve Clark's had fifty games, wanting to get another fifty more. Oh, maybe I'm looking too much into this because that's on paper quite a normal thing to do. But I think is there not something to be said for well, so it's given the spate of pullouts for for the England squad in particular. Someone like Andy Robertson, who is you know a high value player for a for a big big Premier League team, mm-hmm. just I know it's not that far to go, but like being on deck and being part of that celebration says a lot about mm. I suppose Clark's job, but also just the general feel around the group. That... Well, it, it does. I mean, we spoke about Jude Bellingham with England, and I think he wanted to join the camp, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I, right. I don't, I'm sure he did or not, but it's it's that kind of I want to be with the lads, you know. Yeah. And it's not it's not just a. Well, it's an element of there is a jolly up. Do you know what I mean? Like, we all like <laughs> yeah. being with each other. So, yeah. you know, the, the, the sort of... the Get the me a T-shirt. Of... <laughs> exactly. Um, but also you want to be there to, to support. You You don't want to miss out, I think, is is it. Yeah. You don't, and yeah that's you... exactly what you want at in, in international level. None of it should be taken for granted, yeah. Certainly yeah. not, no. Um, so, so yes, elsewhere um, in the uh, European qualifying, uh, Romania uh, beat Israel 2-1, which means that um, no longer can, Norway can no longer make the playoffs for Euro 2024. So, um, Norway and Harlem. Another, another summer of rest for Harlem. <laughs> cool. Brilliant. He won't be there next summer, don't worry. Um, uh, but Romania are, are there. They've qualified. And... Uh, it was um, Hadji who got the goal, of course, son of um, Georgi. Absurd. Great. And, uh, it's so good. And, so great. And, and they're, 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 they've qualified. Um, how about that? Um, I want to talk about Group F, though, for a minute, gentlemen. Belgium beat Azerbaijan 5-0. Five, five Belgium, of course, um, are going to be at the Euros. Romelu Lukaku got four goals in that game. And I thought, oh, blimey, I wonder how many international goals he got. Because he scores fairly rare. He's got 83. He is the seventh highest scorer in the history of men's international football. I mean, that is nuts. 113 it? appearances, 83 goals. He's been playing for Belgium for when did he get his first call? Maybe 2011. He's, he's been there for he's a long while. For them for a long time. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he's he's 30 now. And I just sort of started to, I sort of slightly written off Lukaku in my mind. I don't know why. A bit, a bit foolish. I think there's been a few comments that have been made, like from Brassel as well, in the studio and so on, as if to say, oh, yeah, Lukaku. I think maybe because he's, some of the stuff he said in the media and some of the moves he's made, you know, because like Inter, you know, was really vintage Lukaku. Yeah. And then he left them because he was a bit unhappy and then he's gone to play for Roma, which he's doing quite well in term, in pure goal scoring terms. He's, he's, he's doing okay. And you think, yeah, I think in this country we see him as I couldn't quite cut the mustard at the top level. But you know he's good, don't you? Yeah. But he is... he always scored goals though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously West Brom and, and Everton fans, you know, will remember him very, very well. Manchester United, it was a, a bit of a mixed bag, but he still did okay. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, he ended up having a stomach issue mm-hmm. that was incorrectly diagnosed. Right. But then, like, obviously, flashes of 
being really good and but at a time yeah. well basically post Ferguson how can anybody really yeah, kind of, of a lot you know there wasn't there yeah and again at Chelsea it was a slightly funny time and, and, and but even whatnot. even that moving to Chelsea was like right you're yeah. you're back can't yeah, you it really you're, you're looked really... like he was going to be as well I, I was at the Emirates when when Chelsea um, beat us three 0 with Lukaku leading the line and he he had a really good game and it was early in the season it might even have been the season opener um, it was certainly among the first few games and it, it looked like oh god he's going to absolutely tear it up it was like he was fulfilling his destiny it was fascinating that it just didn't quite work out that way yeah I know what you mean and I think that that again maybe we just sort of think ah oh, yeah he's good but he's just not not quite there we expected him to be this utter Rolls Royce of a player but then if you look at some of the numbers particularly international level I was like bloody hell actually sometimes maybe we we don't appreciate him. I mean, yeah. there's an argument. You know, he's one of Belgium's best ever players. Oh, now, people might say, "Oh, well, they've not produced that many." But well, I don't know. I think that's. I mean, the, the next one down on the list is obviously their top scorer in their history. The next one down on the list is 50 behind. Yeah, Eden Hazard on 33, <laughs> and Eden Hazard wasn't a bad player. He's not a striker, but he still was a yeah, forward yeah, player. Yeah. So he's tied in seventh with a guy called Ali Mabkout, who played for the UAE. He got 83 goals in 112 games, mm-hmm. which is um, one fewer than Lukaku. Then on the list in, in sixth is Ferenc Pushkas, uh, who got 84 goals in 85 games for Hungary, which is, <laughs> which is mad. Yeah, and, 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 and above him, it's, you know, obviously Ronaldo and Messi are above him and, and Ali Dai and one or two others. But again, like, I know, and people might say, yeah, but your man from UAE, we don't really know much about him and, and, and yeah. so on and so forth. Yeah, but Lukaku has played at big tournaments. You know, he was part of the yeah, Belgian side yeah. that finished third in 2018, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. A little bit of, a little bit of appreciation there for, for old uh, for old Rom, because I think he deserves it. But he took his goals well. Azerbaijan were down to 10 men because Eddie got sent off. Oh, Eddie. 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 <laughs> Not word. Be a bit more steady, Eddie. Um, right, uh, let's finish with a Group B update. Ireland. Lost 1-0 to the Netherlands. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> they did score, but it was uh, it was VAR. Perfect. <laughs> well done. I did wonder when I saw the goal that they caused running at goal from the halfway line and scoring. Mm, yeah. I thought, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> His finish was great, though. It was. His, his he, what, unchallenged yeah. finish. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I watched this bloke for six months. Where's this come from? <laughs> he won't be able to run for another week. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, it had been suggested that losing this game would help Ireland reach the playoffs. But Slovakia's 4-2 victory over Iceland ended Ireland's chances of reaching the playoffs and qualifying for the Euros. It wasn't their loss to the Netherlands that stopped it. It was Slovakia beating Iceland, of course. Um, so, poor old Ireland. Um, but, uh, yeah, I wonder if um, Kenny will still be in charge for much longer. Elsewhere in the group, France beat Gibraltar 14 nil. Unnecessary. Was, it was genuinely the most I've ever seen a football match be like the Harlem Globetrotters. Because they, they seem to very quickly start treating it that way. Didn't right, they? Like yeah, we, yeah. We can all get on the score sheet here. We can try mm. outlandish things. Mbappe's hat-trick goal was from miles out. Absolutely yeah. beautiful finish. Everyone getting in on the act. Chested assist from Griezmann. Just like Olivier Giroud celebrating like he just won the World Cup again. <laughs> Because I guess every goal he gets just makes it, it's just a little bit longer that Mbappe has to wait, isn't it, to I, break his yeah. I think there should be a rule that if you if you go, say, five or six up, the referee then just has to go, right, headers and volleys, that's it. Yeah. That's yeah. all you got. You can't you can't just carry on like this. No, I like it. But the, <laughs> 14-0. Against the Rock of Gibraltar. Mm-hmm. Ten man rock of Gibraltar. That's a, that's disrespecting them, and therefore it disrespects us, Jim. <laughs> um, we're all in this together. Nine different French players scored when asked in an interview about the nine different scores, and Bappe replied, 10 
with the Gibraltar player. Why is he saying that? Leave it. Yeah. Don't do that. I know. That's I like quite it. mean. That is quite Killian. mean. Do you, do you now sympathise with Emmy Martinez post-World Cup, all that treatment he gave Mbappe? Maybe Emmy's right. <laughs> <laughs> I did quite. I did like the fact that France was 7-0 up at half-time. Half-time. And they kept on going. Yeah. Because yeah. often you get just one or two more, and they're like, no, people are paid to be here. Yeah. But that was how it felt. The crowd were absolutely loving it, and it was almost a sort of... <laughs> maybe it was a very arrogant pre-victory lap that will come back to bite them. Let's sincerely hope so, Jim. <laughs> but genuinely, they look absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Don't they? I know yeah, it's only yeah. the ten men of the Rock of Gibraltar, um, but they still scored fourteen mm. goals in France. They're now calling them the Pebble of Gibraltar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, bloody France can't can't they get like sanctioned and kicked out of the tournament? Probably not. Should yeah. we look through their finances? <laughs> Let, let's do it. Oh dear everybody Well there we are Um, Thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble Part of the Acast Creator Network Don't miss Ramble Reacts with myself and Jim tonight Because England will play better We promise you that They will They've told us they will They've they've got their lattes and their milkshakes in their bellies, and it will. And they know we're watching, <laughs> exactly. and that we're going to be reacting immediately. So, that, what more motivation could they possibly need? They would not let us down, and they therefore wouldn't let you down, everybody, because we are in this together. As give I us, say, give us fifteen. They'll do it for the rock. Okay, um, that's Gibraltar, not that actor. Follow us on X, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at Football Ramble, and don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app. Thank you, Jim Campbell. Thank you. Thank you, Vatushin Hantharaja. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you tonight. Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Una Chaplin, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Hollywood Exiles. It tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Acast.com.